Hey, Blue Jean. Thanks for tuning in to this podcast. We've got a special bonus episode here with Bob ministering to the Teen Challenge guys from a Wednesday night recently. Hope you enjoy it. All right, guys. Man, we're glad to see y'all. We missed y'all. We really, we really do. I know when uh, uh, Ray was talking about that, he wasn't kidding. I mean, we just love y'all and missed y'all. Y'all been doing okay? Everybody okay? All right, good, good. It's really good to see everybody. Well, uh, Lord, I just pray that you would anoint this time and the, this word that it would bring life and, and encouragement to people. And, uh, yeah, that your power, your supernatural resurrection power would be on this and that it would bring people to life in you. Amen. Yeah, I was thinking, uh, you know, about what to talk about and... Um, you know, I was thinking, <clears throat> we hadn't seen you guys in a while, and, and there's some new faces I hadn't seen yet. We're glad to see y'all, you know. Uh, we got to get that Auburn demon off of you, though, tonight. Uh, <laughs> you hang on to that. That's a good thing. Um, anyway, the, I, I got to thinking that, you know, um, y'all, y'all are in a place where uh, you're not unlike me or other people. But maybe it's um, ramped up a little bit for you guys. That there are things that you are hoping for. Things that you are wanting to happen that hadn't happened yet. Things like broken relationships. You know, uh, families that don't want anything to do with you. Um, Wives that are estranged. Um, Court cases. Um, financial problems, um, you name it, plug in. Well, you know, y'all are y'all may be at Teen Challenge because of uh, some substance abuse issues, but n- nobody's nobody's exempt from that in life. It, it it's like old Bishop Chuck says sometimes: we all got flavors of flesh; they're just different. And and so you're not the only ones that hope. Uh, and are, are believing or hoping that things will work out, that reconciliation will come and healing will come and freedom will come and resolution will come. And, um, and so I wanted to talk a little bit about how to walk that out because it is a process and, and where you are sometimes, I would imagine one of the, some of the favorite uh, 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 schemes of the enemy would be fear. Fear of what's going to happen or what's not going to happen. Uh, anxiety about what am I going to do? Uh, what's going to happen with my case? Uh, I, I would imagine one of the, one of the uh, schemes of the enemy would be regret and condemnation and shame and all that that you would feel like I'm just such a loser or I've just messed up so bad I'm so stupid you know and and you know you you're in team challenge and so you may feel like you're the only ones that feel like that but guess what we all feel like that at different times humanity is not exempt from the schemes of the enemy and so I want to tell you tonight, talk a little bit about how to walk this out and, and give you a tool that I believe is, is really key 
in the kingdom. And so, I want you to take heart tonight. There is a tool that you can walk in that works. And um, before I tell you what it is, I want to talk to you about us Christians, people that believe in Jesus and believe in God. We are some of, if you think about it, to the world, we're the weirdest people that ever lived. We believe in a God that we can't see. We believe that he died, came to earth for us in human form, died on the cross, rose three days later, and saved us and lives in us by his spirit. Now, if you don't have eyes to see, if the world that doesn't thinks that's the craziest, weirdest thing ever. Because science and rational thinking says, if I can't see it, if I can't put my hands on it, it's not real. And we're a peculiar people because we believe, now get this, what we believe is that there's a world, an earth. There's the realm of the earth. But parallel to it and all around it and all mixed up in it is the kingdom of heaven. There's a spirit realm. That's just as real as the earth. Remember when Jesus taught the Lord's Prayer, we say it all the time. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus was referencing these parallel worlds that we as believers go in and out of all the time. When we're worshiping like that, we're entering the kingdom of heaven, the spirit realm. But we're on earth. Okay? And so, if you think about it like that, things that we do here on earth affect what happens in heaven, in the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus says heaven, the kingdom of heaven, is right here. At one point in the scripture, he says, the kingdom of heaven is within you. And so it's wherever, the kingdom of heaven is wherever Jesus reigns, wherever he, he is reigning, okay? And so I want to show you a couple of places in the scripture that I think illustrate this, okay? If you've got your Bibles, look at Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. This is the story of the centurion. It says in chapter 8, Matthew, verse 5, when Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him. And a centurion was a big, big-time dude. He was a Roman soldier, uh, had 100, 100 soldiers underneath him. He was highly respected in that day. He comes to Jesus and he says, Lord, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. And Jesus says to him, hey, okay, I'll come to your house and I'll heal him. And this is what the centurion said. Lord, I don't deserve to have you come under my roof, but you just say the word and my servant will be healed. And then, he, and then this is just stunning. It stuns Jesus. The, word, the scripture says Jesus, even Jesus was amazed by this. It stunned him what this centurion said. Listen to what he said. But he said, For I'm a man, I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this one go and he goes and that one come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this and he does. And so he has just said, Jesus, if you just say the word, it's going to be done. 
And then he explains to Jesus that he gets this concept of authority and the spirit and the natural because Jesus, he realized Jesus in the natural didn't have to go anywhere. But if he spoke the word in the spirit realm, things would happen because Jesus had authority to make things happen in the spirit that affected what, what was going on on the earth. Okay, does that make sense? That's, that's really profound, okay? It's crazy, and, it, and it, it amazed Jesus. Jesus was blown away by this. And he says, Jesus says, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed, and he said to the, those following him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I want you to look at another scripture. Look at John chapter 18, verse 36. Jesus is standing before Pontius Pilate. And Pilate has heard that one of the charges against Jesus is that he said he was the king of the Jews. And that would be, that would be like insurrection. And so Pilate says this in verse um, chapter 18, verse 36. Uh, 33. Pilate then went back inside to the palace, summoned Jesus and asked him, Are you king of the Jews? And Jesus said, is that your idea or did others tell you about me? Jesus is trying to figure out whether Pilate is, having, is walking in faith and he's seeing that Jesus may be king of the Jews or did he just hear somebody else say that? Because Jesus' answer would be different based on what he's discerning. And Pilate's response was, am I a Jew? It's like, I don't have any faith in you. I don't have any faith. You know, I'm not believing in you. Your own people handed you over to me. What is it you've done? And Jesus says this, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. That illustrates what I just, that spiritual principle, that we live in a parallel world with the spirit realm just as real as the natural. Okay? Y'all tracking? Okay, good, good. All right. Well, I want to talk to you a little bit about prayer. Okay? Look in James chapter 5, verse 17. It says, The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. And so, if you've given your life to Jesus, guess what you are? Exactly. It's not based on how good you are. It's based on Jesus' righteousness. And so, if you've given your life to Jesus, you take on his righteousness. So, guess what that means about your prayers and my prayers? They're powerful and effective. The prayer, your prayers are powerful and effective okay now how many of us when we're praying and we've prayed a bunch and nothing happens if you're like me i ask one night lord oh god you got to do this you got to work this thing out you got to help in this situation and tomorrow by seven o'clock if it hadn't happened i'm like where are you lord you don't even hear me anymore you know why aren't you listening to me you know and you know 
why aren't you doing something about it? Okay, and we were human. God doesn't get mad at us for being human. But uh, the point that we're seeing here, it's, it's God's word, is that when we pray, there is power in it. And do you see when you're praying on earth, what happens, it's like, oh, Lord, I, whatever you're praying about, that case that you've got, that relation, that what are you going to do when you leave Teen Challenge? What are you going to do about this situation or that situation? When you pray on earth, guess what happens? It, those prayers go into the, into the spirit realm, and it causes an effect there that ends up coming and affecting what happens on earth. Well, that's what's going on. You know, when, when you understand that when you're praying, you're really not praying to a nothing thing, an idea. Your prayers are entering the kingdom of heaven. And it's affecting what's going on there. Uh, and Jesus said it. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That prayer is like it's in heaven saying, God, whatever your will is in heaven that you want to effectuate on earth, do it now. You remember in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus was said, take this cup from me. God, I don't want to die. I don't want to have to be crucified. But not my will, but your will be done. That was the prayer that he taught us, the Lord's Prayer. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Earthly realm, spirit realm, powers are, prayers are powerful. It's affecting things. It's like this. You're not praying to nothing. You're not praying to a God that's deaf. He's not reading a newspaper and ignoring us. He's not up there every now and then intervening. He's right here. He's in you. He's with us, and he's moving all the time for his people. We just sang it in the song. Y'all probably learned this at Teen Challenge, but look at Romans chapter 8, verse 28. One of my favorite scriptures. And I have to, sometimes I have to hang on to this like, like a rusty nail. There are times in our lives when Life is going to hell in a handbasket, and it sucks, and everything's messed up, and sometimes it's our own fault, and sometimes it's somebody else's fault. And, and you're thinking, this is awful. Why, God? Why me? Why this? Why them? Why? Why? And sometimes you just have to say, I don't understand this. I don't get this. I don't even, I'm not even happy about it. I'm furious about it. But I will stand on your truth that you said all things work for good for those that love you and are called according to your purposes. And sometimes you just got to say, that's my story and I'm sticking with it. And you know, eventually, ultimately, it plays out. And so you may have been thinking, why did I end up in jail? Why did I do this? Why did that happen? Well, I don't know why. Maybe it was sin. Maybe it was something else. Maybe it's just the enemy trying to destroy your life. But in God's hands, he promises that whatever the circumstances, he will work them for good. I'm 
mean, that's something to hang on to. I also want to talk to you about this real quick. Jesus talks about prayer. You know, if you read the, the Gospels, if you read the Scripture, it's full of instances where Jesus slips off on the, on the on a mountain or slips out by himself and prays. Prays all night. You know, he's, he's a praying machine. He prays all the time. And the disciples recognized that there was something special about Jesus' prayers. And they asked him to teach them how to pray like he prayed. If you look in the book of Luke, chapter 11. Chapter 11. Look at verse 1. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. And so Jesus gave him the Lord's Prayer. And uh, he says, Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. And Matthew says, On earth as it is in heaven. It doesn't say it in Luke. But then, then Jesus, after he teaches them the prayer, listen to what he says. He says, Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I, hadn't, I don't have any food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked. My kids are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, Ask, and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open for everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds and the one who knocks, the door will be open. Well, he's talking about prayer there. That's persistent prayer. It's like praying about it. Okay? Um, and not giving up. Don't be like me sometimes where I pray about it one time or twice and when it hadn't happened within 24 hours, I'm like, mad. Or I'm like, you're not listening. What's wrong with you? I don't understand why you won't move on something, you know? Years ago, when I was just brand new in walking with the Lord, I was in like 36, there was a little boy here, five years old. He got a, a severe form of cancer very aggressive, and he started getting treatment. And he was someone that I knew his parents, played football against him, uh, his daddy in high school, and just knew him. They're good people. And this little boy went to the same kindergarten where my kids went, and I don't know why, but it jumped on me. I started praying for this kid. I prayed for him all the time. I sent I wrote a letter to his parents. I said, I'd be glad to come and pray for him. I had just experienced someone that I saw, I witnessed get healed from cancer miraculously, and it blew me away. So I knew God would heal people uh, miraculously. And uh, so they didn't, you know, they never responded or anything, and I was believing God was going to heal this little boy. And I found out one day at the office uh, about quitting time, I got the call, and they said this little boy had died. And so I get in the car, and I'm on the way home riding down Dallas Avenue, and I'm just fussing and fussing and fussing. I'm like, Dad, gum it, God. You know, you, you could do that. 
I believe, I've seen you do it. I don't know why you didn't do it this time. Think of all the pain and all the suffering that this family's got to go through because you didn't do something that I know you can do. And I don't understand that. I'm frustrated. I'm mad about it. I don't understand it. And I ain't happy about it at all. And the minute I quit fussing, I was hitting the steering wheel. I was just fussing and fussing. The minute I hit the steering wheel, I saw a mental picture in my, in my mind. And I was standing, I was sitting at the stoplight at Pettus Street, Pettus Avenue, and uh, Dallas Avenue, and Pettus Street. And all of a sudden, clear as a bell, I saw this vision in my mind. I was standing in a room, four walls. I couldn't see out. And they were like concrete block walls. And there wasn't a ceiling on it, and there wasn't a roof. And I'm standing there, and all I can see are those four walls. But as I looked up, I could see, I couldn't see the details, but I knew it was God the Father looking down on me. I knew it was Him. But I could see from His perspective, He could see what was in the room and what was outside the room. And I heard this clear as a bell, Bob, my ways aren't your ways. My ways are higher than your ways. You just have to learn to trust me. You know, I'm always working for good. And I said, Lord, I said, that's, that's enough. I still don't understand, and that'll be maybe the first question I ask you when I get to heaven. But that's enough. I know you, that you're good. And I just have to trust that you see what's in the world, but you also see what's outside the world. And Father knows best. And so I was like, okay, okay. And so there is a, there is a realm that when we pray here, it's doing something there. Okay? And persistence. Jesus encourages persistence. It's like, don't quit. Ask, and you'll receive. Seek, and you'll find. Uh, I, want, I want you to, I'll quote it to you. It's 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, but it says, When we pray in accordance, uh, with, uh, in accordance with His will, we have the confidence to know that we have what we've asked. It's another scripture about prayer and connecting with God in the Spirit and Him moving on the earth. I want you to look at something real quick, and then I'm going to tie this up with, um, with the punchline, with the, with the tool that I want to give you. And it's prayer is one of the tools that we have, but the tool I'm going to talk to you about in a minute I haven't mentioned yet, okay? I want you to look at Daniel chapter 10, verse 12. When you go home tonight, if you want to read a, a, a scripture that will explain I will stretch your tent pegs, as they say. It'll stretch your box for how a God operates. Read Daniel chapter 10. We're going to read just a portion of it. Here's what happened. Um, stuff was going on in, in, uh, in the Persia where Daniel was. And Daniel had been praying. He had this vision. It scared him to death. And so he prayed and asked God to tell him, about the vision and what it meant. And so uh, Daniel 10, uh, verse 10, um, 
Let's back up to verse 7. It says, I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. Those who were there with me didn't see it, but such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves. So I was left alone gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale and I was helpless. Then I heard him speaking and as I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep. My face covered the ground, my face to the ground. A hand touched me and, said to, and set me trembling on my knees and hands. He said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you and stand up. For I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. And then he continued, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I've come in response to them. He said, from the minute you prayed it, the minute you put it before me, we just sang everything in the name of Jesus. Everything to the feet of Jesus, right? That's about prayer. Bring everything, every concern, every worry, every anxiety, every mess you've made. Bring it to the feet of Jesus. Okay? And, and, and it's here, it's just clears the veil. The minute he, he started asking, the angel says, I was ordered to come here and give you the answer. And look at what happens next. But the prince of, per of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. And now I've come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future for the vision concerns a time yet to come. Well, did you catch that? He ain't talking about the king of Persia in the natural He's talking about the king of Persia in the, in, the, in the heavenlies, a principality. And he's talking about the archangel Michael got dispatched to go whip tail on the prince of Persia in the spirit. And the prince of Persia was keeping the angel that was talking to Daniel. He held him up. For 21 days. So Daniel prayed and asked for the revelation. And for three weeks, if he was like me, he'd be saying, Oh God, you're not hearing me. You don't care about me. You don't care about this. Well, not true. The answer had already been done. The answer had been sent. God heard. He's responding. But there was some stuff going on in the spirit realm that, the, that God sent the archangel Michael to take care of so the angel could come to Daniel and explain the vision. I don't know if that does that to y'all, but I'm like, golly, that's amazing. The reason we're looking at this is to build your faith. And that is the tool I want to talk to you about tonight. It's faith. It's to walk in faith. Faith is huge in the kingdom. You, uh, the Hebrew says you can't please God without it. Hebrews also defines it as saying being sure of something that you don't have or see yet. Corinthians talks about we're people that live not by sight, but by faith. It's like God loves faith. Faith 
When we operate in faith, Jesus says over and over and over in the New Testament, go in peace, your faith has healed you. Your, your faith has made you well. Faith, in 1 Corinthians 13, the three most important pillars of, the, of, the Christian, uh, of Christianity is faith, hope, and love. Faith is huge. Faith unlocks the power of heaven. It's the access to the spirit realm. When we walk and operate in faith, it's like it just releases power to move. Years ago, I was meeting with some people at Christ the King, Holy Bro, and this other guy from another town, and we were talking, and I was telling them about uh, uh, an issue that I was had. I hadn't seen any breakthrough in and everything. And the guy said, well, tell me how you're praying. And I was like, what do you mean? I mean, it's like, God, help me here, you know. And he said, well, you're not praying in faith. And I said, what in the world are you talking about? And he said, well, when I pray for things, I'm like, Lord, you know, I ask, and then I'm like, Lord, I know you heard me. I know you're going to respond to me. I know you care about me. And I thank you for hearing me and moving on my behalf. I know you're going to do it. I'm believing by faith, even though I haven't seen it yet. And I was like, that's a good word right there. That's faith. And I realized at some point in my walk, that faith, now get this, faith is not a feeling. I would think, well, I don't have any faith because I've still got doubt. I've still got fear. Well, that's not really what it is. Faith begins in our will. And if you think about a will, it's like Ann and I, my wife and I were talking this morning. I, you know, I, I ate too much at Christmas. I need to lose about 10 pounds. And I said, baby, I want to lose a little weight. You know, you in, and, uh, and so I've got a choice to make. I'm choosing if I do the diet, you know, who knows if I will, but I want to do that. And if I lose 10 pounds, I've made a choice, a decision in my will to quit eating so much, okay? Um, and so that is a decision made in my will. It doesn't have any emotion to it. It's a decision. And so faith is ignited. It starts in our will where we say, you know what? I just choose to believe. I choose to believe you. I believe, I choose to believe you're real. I choose to believe that you've heard me just like you did, Daniel. I choose to believe that you are operating just like the centurion believed that when Jesus spoke, things happened, I choose to believe it. And that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. When I've told this before, when I had, I had open-heart surgery in uh, September of 2016 and had five bypasses, and I was scared to death. And, you know, you're with your family and everything, and they roll you down the hall, and when the elevator door closes and they tell you bye, you're like, I'll see y'all in a little bit, you know, and I'm like, oh, crap, you know, and I'm just laying there, I'm thinking, oh, Jesus, I'm so scared, I'm so scared, you just got, and I just said, I choose to believe that you're good, 
you're good. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. You're just good. Now, I know that's true, Lord, and I'm believing it, even in the midst of this fear and everything that I've got facing me. I just believe you're good. And he is. He is. He used that process to heal me, and I don't have to worry about a heart attack. <laughs> you know? He's, he's taken care of me. Good came from it. But it was, um, I had to choose at some point faith and not, not walk away. And it helped the peace come. And so, let's wrap this up. You know, it just, as, as we talk tonight, everybody here, there are things that we're hoping for. Things that we've got to believe for. And you can plug your mess in there or your situation in there. The relationship. Your calling in life. Where are you going to live? How your case? Are you going to end up in prison? Are you going to succeed when you get out? I think, you know, a bunch of people are like, oh, it's okay as long as I'm here. When I get out, what am I going to do? I don't want to do this again. Am I going to stumble again? You know, you know, I think at some point you got to just say, God, I choose to believe you. I believe that when I prayed to you, you've heard me, and you've got it all taken care of. One of the first scriptures y'all learn out at Teen Challenge is Jeremiah 29. He's got good plans for us. They're plans to prosper us, not to harm us. Plans to give us a hope and a future. At some point, you just got to say, I choose to believe that. Thank you, Lord, that I belong to you and that you've got the plan. And I may not see it yet, but I'm going to live by faith. I'm going to trust you that when it's time for you to reveal the next steps for me or when you're time to re restore a relationship or whatever, you will do it in your time and it will be good. Now, I'm going to believe that. I'm going to choose to believe it. And when the enemy comes in with doubt and fear and worry and all that, you say, get on out of here, little doggy. I ain't listening to your little, your little self anymore because I'm going to walk by faith not by sight. It's powerful. The shield of faith is the shield to the, air, the flaming darts of the enemy. That's, that's Ephesians chapter 6. So, um, I want to end with this. Years ago, before we had our cabin, some of you guys have been to the cabin and some of you will come. Um, we, we had an old hog trail that I cut through the woods that was just big enough for a little four-wheeler. And we built a dock on the riverbank. We didn't have a cabin down there or anything, and it was just woods everywhere. And uh, the kids loved to go, the uh, guys loved to go camp out on the dock. And so we would walk through the woods, and I had a little bitty old kerosene lantern. And we'd park uh, the car up on the hill, and and we would walk down the hill with that little lantern uh, when it was dark. And all the light it would give you was enough for the next step. It didn't show you where, I was, where your end, end result was, but you got enough light to know where to take the next step. But that's all you got. 
That's what it's like walking with the Lord. And if you're like me, I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't want that. I want the floodlight. I want to see where I'm going. I want all everything worked out. That ain't, but that's not how it works. And when I was first got going with the Lord, one of my spiritual mentors, I said, I said, Ben, why in the world? Because I was wondering if I was supposed to go to seminary or not. And I was like, I, I'm not, I wasn't. I wasn't supposed to. But I was trying to figure it out. And, and I said, Ben, why doesn't God just pick up the dead gum phone and just tell me? It'd be a whole lot easier. And he started laughing. He said, because God's not worried about as much about what you're going to do for him as his relationship with you. And he wants you to know him. He wants you to fall in love with him. He wants you to trust him. He wants that relationship with you. He wants you to experience his love. And the way that happens is one step at a time. Because you're allowing him. You'll develop that relationship. And so, wherever you are, whatever the issue is, whatever the problem is, take heart, guys. Do not be discouraged. Do not be in despair. Do not be worried and fearful. God has got you. If you ever wonder whether God's got you, look where you are. And look where you were. God's already got you. He's already brought you this far. He will not let you fall. He will not let you fall. He is with you. Take heart. And walk in faith. Choose it. Use that as a weapon. That he's going to work everything out in his time and it will be good. Now that's, that's truth. But you've got to exercise the weapon. You've got to use the weapon of faith. And it's easy. You just choose it. And if you're struggling, ask somebody. Tell them you're struggling. Don't hold it in. Talk to somebody. It will help you. They can help you walk in faith. Okay? God, we're glad to see y'all tonight. You guys are awesome. Before we came in here tonight, when I was uh, riding, riding back uh, in the road, I said, Lord, do something supernatural tonight. Just wreck somebody. Wreck a bunch of them. Just have a Holy Ghost rodeo. Do something awesome tonight. And so I'm going to pray, and then anybody that needs prayer, I'd encourage you to come up here and get it. Ray, you can come down and pray. And, and Owen, if you want to come. And Blake, if you want to come up. And, and uh, Josh, you too. Um, uh, we, and any of you guys, you guys are smoking too. Come up here and we'll pray for y'all. For anything you got going on. And, um, and, and we'll watch and see what the Lord does. Okay? So let's pray. Lord, I just, we just love you so much. You're so awesome. Lord, I pray that you would help us all walk in faith and believe that, that even though we don't see what's going on in the spirit realm, we know it's real. And we know that when we speak and we, we talk to you and we, we believe, Lord, that you're doing all kinds of awesome stuff to, to advance your kingdom and to help us and to love us and reveal your love to us. Yeah, Lord, I just pray now that you would just stir up your gifts and, and that you would speak to people. You would do supernatural, awesome stuff. Yeah. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Wow, what a great word from Bob Armstrong. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, to this bonus podcast from Blue Jean Selma Church.